this episode of Krebcast. Krebcast is a podcast created by the Calgary Real Estate Board for its members. Each episode will cover a variety of topics geared towards realtors. We'll talk about how the market's doing, provide board updates, and discuss other topics of importance to our members. I'm your host, Sarah Gilman, and I'm a communications advisor here at Kreb. On today's episode, we are speaking with Krebs Chief Economist Anne-Marie Lurie. She'll be giving us an overview of the housing market and discuss the forecast for 2021. Anne-Marie, thank you for joining us today and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So in January, you presented the annual outlook and forecast for 2021 during Krebs virtual forecast event. Now, most of us don't want to go back to 2020, but to start us off today, can you give us a quick recap of what happened in Calgary and area's housing market last year? So 2020 was a year that was um, fairly surprising considering what was happening. Um, you know, when we look at what happens as we progress through the year, I mean, you know, during that first shutdown in the second quarter, um, we saw dramatic pullback in sales activity. But what was surprising is that as we moved through the third and the fourth quarter, sales activity really started to come back and in a much stronger pace um, than anyone had expected. Now, at the same time, while all of that was happening with sales and kind of going through some of this roller coaster ride, we also saw a shift in terms of new listings and inventory. So while people weren't buying in the second quarter, at the same time, people weren't selling either. So we really had supply levels come off because just new homes just weren't being listed. So, so people just weren't listing their homes on the market. So that really had an impact on inventory levels they came down and while sales started to improve, the new listings just didn't keep pace. So what happened is our market really shifted um, in the way that we started off the year in conditions that really favored um, you know, the buyers. Like we had a lot of supply going into the start of the year relative to the demand in the market. Um, but as we progressed through COVID and, and everything else that happened thereafter, we actually saw our market shift into very tight conditions by the end of the year, setting us up for 2021. Now, some of that was in part due to just, you know, some shifts that we had. So, so where, um, you know, some of the key economic factors that were really driving that was the lending rates. We saw significant drops in the lending rates and, and that really started to encourage activity in the second half of the year. Some of the posted, um, like, so there's the posted rates, but then there's the discount rates, which what people are actually contracting on. And those rates fell to the lowest levels that we've seen. I mean, people were getting five-year fixed rates at, you know, 1.4%. And that's quite low. And that really drove a lot of that improvement in demand in the housing market and set us up for this next year. And, and I think some of the surprise was because at the same time, we're facing significant employment loss, double yeah. digit unemployment rates, you know, and an economy that was very weak. So, so this is what had many people going, well, you know, how does that make sense? And a lot of this is because of the pent up demand that we had from previous years, um, as well as that low interest rate environment. All right. Well, that's a good summary. So where does that leave us now at the start of 2021? Well, we're starting 2021 in a scenario where, um, you know, we are starting the market in very tight conditions, depending on price range. What we're seeing is that, you know, the year starting, there's not a lot of supply, um, but there's still strong demand in the lowest price ranges. Um, now, the upper price ranges, it is a bit of a different story. They've seen their sales activity improve. 
but not to but but there's still a lot of supply there so it's not necessarily that we're seeing prices improve in that area so we're starting off the year in this very tight conditions and we still have these very low rates and so we expect to see that sales will continue to improve this year um, just because there's been enough of that pent-up demand, I mean, one thing we have to consider is the level of sales activity that we've had in Calgary over the past really five years have been relatively low based off of the size of our population. And, and we have been underperforming in sales for some time, right? So now that we've had this transition and you see these really low lending rates, even though the economy isn't by any means strong, let's let's put it that yeah. way. I mean, there's still some challenges in the economy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of difficulties there um, that we're still working through. But that low interest rate environment with that pent up demand is really starting to fuel the activity. And I think that is expected to kind of continue, especially as we move into spring. And it's going to take some time for supply to catch up to that. I mean, we do expect that we should start to see listings rise. We've already seen that trend kind of play out, but that pace of sales growth has been far stronger than that new listings growth. So the market does remain relatively tight. Now, of course, it does depend on product type. The tightest aspects of the market is in the lowest price ranges. So if we look at like for example months of supply is one of those indicators that we use to reflect you know if it's a buyer's market sellers are balanced right yeah and what we're seeing is that months of supply number has dropped to one month of supply in some of the lower price ranges for detached homes yeah so that tells me that you're you're really dealing with a very different market in that lower price range and and that's where you're hearing especially as of late a lot of um, you know, news regarding um, price bidding and bidding above list price and things like yeah. that that are happening. And it's because there's just not a supply, as much supply for, as demand in those segments of the market. And that's in part from that low interest rate environment, which is driving people back in. So I have heard the term seller's market being thrown around. Would you currently say it's a seller's market? Yes, specifically in the detached market. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that for apartment condos. Yeah. That's a little bit different. There's still a lot of supply there. Um, relative to the demand, but we are seeing that in the detached market, we started to move there really in the fourth quarter yeah. of um, 2020. And it still is there just because that supply has not picked up enough. And there just still is a lot of demand in that segment of the market. Now, again, most of that is driven from the mid to the lower ranges of the market. If you go right. into the upper ranges of the market, I would say that's probably not the same story. Um, yeah. You're not you're not in a seller's market conditions in the upper end of the market. So when we use a term seller's market, do we typically use that to describe lower end detached houses, or like why is that term being used now if it's not for all product types? Because you know the majority of our market does tend to fall, and I don't use that word for really necessarily everything. Yeah. I think we have to remember one, the detached market is the majority of the sales on the resale market. Okay. Um, it reflects over 60% of our sales activity. Okay. So it, it is the largest category. So it tends to influence citywide numbers. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it. Now, when we say that, because that's what we're seeing in the overall detached market, but we have to remember there's always trends that vary depending on your location as well as price range. And, and that hasn't, that's always been the case. You know, and I mean, I would say that, you know, even within those sellers market conditions, you can have some pretty wide bands in there. So like I said, that 
you know, anything under 400,000, actually anything under 500,000 right now is very tight. So that's, that's where you're going to likely see it. And what does it mean? I mean, a lot of people go, well, what does that mean when it's seller's market conditions? Well, what we tend to see happen is that price growth tends to be a lot higher okay. in those lowest price ranges where, when it is seller market conditions versus a balanced market where you would see fairly um, stable, um, normal sort of price growth. And then on the other side of it, when you're in a buyer's market condition, that's when you tend to see prices falling. Okay, good. Thanks for clearing that up. Um, you kind of already touched on this, but what product type do you see performing the best and worst over the rest of the year? I think you can expect to see, um, you know, the most of the improvements being driven from the detached side of the market. Um, at the same time, semi-detached are also doing very well. Um, they're also much tighter, so you'll, you'll see some gains there. Um, now, that being said, we do expect sales to improve across all product types. Um, what we're finding, though, is even in the apartment condo sector, there is improvements in sales, but it tends to be at the most affordable price range. Mm -hmm. So that, that product under 200000 that stuff is selling. That's where we're seeing the sales improve. And as that supply also declines in some of those lower price ranges, it does in the detached market, if we start there, well, it also causes people to start considering their alternatives, which is like the semi-detached or the row or the apartment, depending on what price range that they're looking at. Um, so we do expect sales to improve across all product types this year. Now, in terms of prices, we do feel that the price growth, we like I don't expect to see a lot of price gains in the apartment sector. Um, I think prices, you know, we are expecting them to be fairly flat just because there still is a lot of supply choice for apartment mm -hmm. condominiums. Um, but we do expect to see that price growth kind of filter through both the detached, the semis and the row um, categories. Obviously, COVID has had a huge influence on the housing market this past year. And like, I think for most of us who are mostly working from home, we've realized that being close to downtown isn't as big of a priority as it was before. And uh, it seems that this trend has influenced more activity in the burbs and the surrounding communities compared to um, inner city and uh, the demand to have a house close to, to downtown isn't as big as it once was. So do you think that this trend will continue or do you think it'll revert once the pandemic's over? Um, well, that really depends on how companies um, move forward. So mm -hmm. um, are they going to embrace more of a work from home sort of um, policy? Like, is it going to be required that people go back to the office full time? Like, so, so I think some of that will also depend on longer term trends and, and if companies do shift where, you know, maybe remote work becomes more ingrained in their, you know, their culture. Right. So I yeah. think that is something to be seen. Um, and we also have to keep in mind that, you know, even when we talk about the city center, some of it is also due to affordability. Like those are also yeah. tend to be, especially in the detached market, those tend to be higher priced homes as well. So, you know, and you need the incomes to support that, right? So you need to have growth in some of your higher earning type professions to see growth in those segments of the market. And we haven't actually seen any improvements in that sector yet. So when we look at, you know, our job numbers, we know that a lot of the activity has been driven by pent up demand. But when we think about demand moving forward, we would want to see that the job growth really come back in some of those areas like our professional and technical services. Like that is an area that was hit um, particularly hard in Calgary. It's not something that we saw across the country. I mean, we know that accommodation and food and retail services, um, all of those areas were impacted 
um, due to COVID, which makes sense, right? As you close down your economy, people aren't going to restaurants, they're not shopping as much. It makes sense that you've seen um, impact in those areas. But we also had the double impact because of the adjustments in the energy sector, especially earlier in the year, that had an impact on the professional and technical services. And when it comes to housing demand, that is an area that we tend to watch as well, because that is that does reflect our higher earners um, yeah. in terms of labor income. So, so that also will influence the dynamics of our housing market as we move forward right. and, and where demand shifts to. So pretty much this year, we've got COVID-19 that is affecting the, uh, the housing market. We've got the economy, which is affecting it as well. Are there any other external factors that you can see affecting the immediate future of the market? Well, you know, and again, we are benefiting from these low rates in the market, which, you know, is driving up a lot of the improvements in demand. Now, other things to consider that um, influence um, our housing market is, of course, net migration. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with our borders closed, those migration numbers have been quite low. Um, We actually, in Alberta province-wide, we had negative net migration. Yeah. For, like so we had more people leaving than come in um, over the past um, you know the second and third quarter numbers from last year it's typically delayed data so um, we'll see how that plays out and, and that weaker migration can impact um, you know we typically see it first in the rental market but that can impact that shift to ownership demand so what will be interesting to see when do those migrants start to come back um, and, and that will in part depend on when they start to open up the borders. Um, so that's something we'll be watching for. Other things to consider, you know, I mean, through COVID, I think, you know, the, the real estate industry as a whole has tended to, has outperformed um, a lot of other industries. So I think this is why many people have been wondering, well, how is this possible? Yeah. Because, you know, what's happening here and I think, um, you know, some of the other impacts in terms of COVID have been also a benefit in some ways to the housing market in the way that people are all of a sudden saving more as well. Um, So we've seen that those saving rates have increased because I mean, frankly, when people aren't out there going to restaurants and, and doing all of those other activities, so they've actually increased their savings. Now, what will be interesting moving forward is to see if those savings are actually put into the housing market. Um, and, and that's something that we'll also be watching for as an outcome of COVID. And of course, you know, is there going to be a more permanent shift that, you know, people are going to be considering different areas and, and, and you know, as we said before, talking yeah. about that locational difference, if there's going to be more remote work. So, um, you know, other key things to obviously be aware of is when we think about what could happen is, you know, shifts in supply. Like we know a lot of people didn't list their homes through COVID mm-hmm. um, and we do expect to see those new listings rise. But one thing we'll be looking for is, are, are we going to see much more of those listing gains coming through the year? Because, you know, if they do start to outpace um, or if they come on at a, at a greater rate than really the levels of sales that are happening, then yeah. we could see us move into much more balanced conditions. Um, and, and I'd expect that we might, you know, we might not see that by spring, but we could see that as we move into later in the year. So last year's spring market was a bit of a doozy, I, I guess, with, <laughs> with the onset of COVID. Do you see uh, this year's spring market being a bit more of a positive outlook? Oh, I would think yeah. so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, last, like, like COVID actually hit right at the, like our, our shutdowns hit right at the peak of when yeah. we have most of our transactions in the year. 
So having like that, I mean, if we think about what happened in, you know, the second quarter of last year, I mean, we had about a 36% pullback in sales activity, but I think in April, it was like, you know, one of the lowest levels we've ever seen in sales. So, yeah. you know, I would expect that actually, as we move through spring, just because the numbers were so low last year that our sales numbers are going to look like they're growing at a very high pace. Um, yeah. And that's in part because it was just so low last year. And, and that's why some of those year over year changes in the dynamics, you have to look at them with, you know, uh, well, just considering how low last year was, right. especially through the spring. I mean, even though we went through, like, even on an annual basis, even though we went through all those changes, um, that, that steep decline in the spring improvements, in, in the later part of the year, on an annual basis, our sales were actually pretty stable yeah. compared to what they were in the previous year and are still below our longer term trends, um, which makes our, our market a little different than some of the other areas. Um, yeah. like, like I know some parts of the country were recording you know, significant gains in sales. They were seeing more record high levels through the fourth quarter. That wasn't really the case here. Definitely stronger than we have seen for the, the better part of five years, mm -hmm. um, but nowhere near record levels in Q4, okay? So as we move through this year, we do expect to see those gains and, and you're gonna see some really strong percentage increases because of how low it was last spring. Um, but it's not that we're necessarily expecting to hit new record highs. Yeah, just better than last year, which isn't, right. isn't hard to, <laughs> well, and, and, and in fairness, we've been struggling for since yeah. 2014. So our yeah. market still isn't back to where it was in 2014. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for prices, right? Like we still, through it all last year, prices still declined slightly over the previous year. It wasn't much of a decline, but we still had, you know, a modest decline in prices last year. And we are expecting some gains this year, but that's still not going to be recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, our prices are still below what they were back in 2014, just because of the struggles that our overall economy has faced mm -hmm. for the past five years. Well, there's a bit of good news there, but uh, <laughs> only time will tell. <laughs> well, it's, it's better than yeah. what we've seen for yes. some time. And, and, you know, that's, yeah, like, I mean, some of the sales that we've seen have been kind of on par with, you know, what we had happen kind of before the energy. Um, right crash that we had back then. So um, for many, that's, that is a nice change considering what we've gone through over the past, you know, five to six years here. So yeah, definitely. Well, as we, as we are moving into spring, we know that the government is also um, slowly removing restrictions, which will help open up our economy a bit more. But there has been talk of another variant that may cause a third wave. And if that happens, then obviously we'll see more um, restrictions come into place and shut down. So it seems as of right now, we haven't really seen a lot of increasing in foreclosures in the market. Do you see that as a possibility coming up in the next couple of months, depending on what happens with restrictions? Like, I, I feel like we've held on for so long that if we have a third wave, that might just be the final blow. And, okay. and if there is an increase in foreclosures, would this also affect price levels? Uh, it depends on the extent. So yes, that is some of the risk in the market. I mean, if we see, and, and I mean, to date, it's not that like we don't specifically track how many foreclosures that we have in the market. Okay. So the other thing to consider with foreclosures is, you know, if there is a lot of them that can influence prices, um, you know, but I think it's still yet to be determined. Now, one thing that has happened because there's been so much government support, um, even the fact that people were able to 
defer their mortgages and things like that, that has actually really helped prevent a far worse scenario. Now, if we go into a, you know, third wave, as we say, because, you know, if, if the variants come through and, and stricter restrictions, I, I think there's no question that that's going to have uh, impact on some businesses that can't make it through. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of how will that influence the housing markets. You know, I think at this stage, when I look at it, um, you know, we do think it could pose some downside risk to the market, but I think there's a lot of other things that are helping to offset that. If somebody is looking to purchase a house for the first time, would you recommend that they hold off a while or jump into the market as soon as possible? I think that really comes down to their their personal preference. Um, I think, to, and, and price range as well, right? So depending on what product, because I mean, not everybody who comes in is looking for, you know, I mean, we don't know what price range that they're in at. Um, so I would say that they'd have to be very aware of what they're dealing with um, in terms of, you know, what they can afford and they have to be ready. Um, now, if you're gonna wait, there, there's pros and cons to that. There's There might be more supply, but you might not necessarily get a, a price range that you're looking for. So I think for anybody who is active in this market, it will come down to what exactly they're looking for, what community that they want and being ready yeah. um, if they do find something. Um, the challenge is, especially for people um, looking in that lower price range is with less supply, that means that that product is moving much quicker, yeah. right? So things are selling a lot faster. So I, I think, and the challenge is, is again, you know, if you're ready, that's one thing, but if you're not and you, you choose to wait, um, you know, there's trade-offs to that as well. Like it, it could be, you know, you might have more supply choice, right? So it really does depend on what you're looking for in what area and how sensitive you are to price movements as well. Okay. Well, if you were entering the market uh, for the first time, what product type would you get the best deal on right now? And if you could give us a place like um, either in Calgary or surrounding areas, where would be the best deal that you could get? Like inner city or? Um, again, that, yeah. that depends on how you quantify the best yeah. deal. Um, I, Price and for again, money, yeah. And, and I think ultimately that depends on people's preferences, right? Because yeah. I, I mean, what the best deal is, it really depends on what you're looking for. Um, are you looking for a detached home? Are you looking for a semi, an apartment? Um, you know, what we're seeing is in some of the higher price ranges, there's more supply choice, yeah. um, but it still comes down to, can you afford a higher price range? And, and again, what is your overall goal with housing has to yeah. come into play. So, so there's much more to it than just market movements, because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're purchasing a house, you have to also have it fit your own needs, right? So are you looking at it? You can't just look at it as today, but are you planning on being in this home for one year, two years, 10 years, um, and that should influence your decision as well as, as it meeting your needs. And, and it's really at those stages that I really think um, it, it's good to speak to a realtor to see, you know, trying to match up what those needs are that you have in terms of your longer term outlook. I mean, you know, some of the surrounding areas tend to be much more affordable than what you yeah. can get in the city, but some of them have also had very <laughs> limited supply as well. So I think, um, you know, Part of it will just depend on, you know, what is your threshold in terms of price. Um, and that is really going to, you know, have a good, have a significant influence on, on where you go and, and what makes the most sense for you, right? As well as your longer term objectives with housing. For sure. So it's still, it, it, it's still, even though a, a seller's market, um, it's still 
somewhat balanced. Like it's not like you can get an, an, a luxury house for the price of uh, an average house or whatnot. So it's still, prices <laughs> yeah. are still where they should be. Well, and, and, you know, the higher end of the market, um, there's no question that, you know, the prices have come down in the higher end yeah. of the market relative to what they were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't mean that you're going to get, you know, this, like, it's just, it's all relative, right? Yeah. So they have come down. Yes. Prices are rising in the lower price ranges, um, from where they were. But again, when it comes to those actual decisions on to buy, it comes down to, well, what can you afford? What are you comfortable with? And what are you looking for yeah. in a house? I mean, I think people often forget that, you know, a housing decision and i mean people you know when you talk about housing as an investment um you know often to me those are those are not necessarily the same thing i mean a house is somewhere where you have to live um if you're making a decision purely on an investment decision you might make a very different decision like you might make a very different call yeah. versus buying a home that suits your needs right? right so so i think that's oftentimes what people forget so um you know you have to really look at it on on a broader basis and understanding you know what those needs are and, and weigh it off because rate, rates are low right now as well so you know should rates change in the future what does that mean for you personally um, if you bought today versus tomorrow so there's a lot of those other factors to consider and I don't think um, it's as simple as just well here's what the market is doing yeah um, and you know prices are you know they don't necessarily rise in equal levels for each price range either so yeah so there is a lot of factors to consider beyond that and it and it comes down to what your personal preferences are that all makes very good sense do you have any final advice for our members as they navigate through the upcoming year i think um you know for a lot of our our membership i think this is um you know a very different scenario than what we've seen for some time i don't think um, many people can say that we've actually seen you know bidding words occur on homes and things like that <laughs> so um not for a long time have we seen those types of market conditions um you know, and I think it's just, we're definitely in a situation where sales activity is improving. I think the one thing to consider is, um, you know, again, activity will not be the same um, across all locations, as well as, you know, different price ranges will have different movements. Um, and it's important to be aware of what those differences are, you know, whether you're a seller or you're a buyer, um, it, it really, you know, that location and, and price range does matter. Yeah. Um, as well as the product type. So I think it's just understanding what the different dynamics are in each of those subsets of the market. I mean, overall, we do expect to see some of these trends continue um, because of a lot of the pent up demand that we have flowing through the market. Um, when we think more longer term, the market will be more influenced by what does our overall economy look like coming out of this. Um, and that really is where that unknown is, is you know, while real estate is doing well right now because of the low rates, you know, on a longer term basis, things should realign with what's happening in the employment market. And, and that's something that's going to have more longer term impacts on our housing market when we think past this year or later on, at least in the year. Well, that is awesome advice. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, we really appreciate your insight. You're welcome. Thank you to everyone who tuned in for the podcast. Make sure you keep an eye on Crep Talk for our next episode.